welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. In this series, Beckett Talks, Be Beckett Ready, we will give you advice and help on your journey to being a student with us. The episodes will cover everything from being the first in your family to go to university and looking at what our students' union can do for you once you get here. Leeds Beckett University is home to 11 academic schools. Today's episode focuses on the Carnegie School of Education. At the Carnegie School of Education, they have a varied course portfolio to match the expectations and aspirations of all students, whether it's studying to gain qualified teacher status, to kickstart your career in the world of education, or changing career direction. They deliver programmes which engage our students and support professional development through the direct application of theory to practice. Over the next five years, Leeds Beckett will be investing £200 million in campus developments, which cover a wide range of projects across the campuses. Work is now complete on the new Carnegie Teacher Education Building. The two-storey teaching facility will be used solely by our teacher training courses and comprises a number of spaces which mimic real-life nursery and primary school settings. It will also enable students to work with children from local schools, who will be able to visit for Carnegie School of Education aspiration and project days in the cutting edge bespoke environment. The Carnegie School of Education strive to provide each and every student with as many opportunities as possible to hone and nurture their talents. Our student partnership strategy enables students to collaborate with us on course design, teaching evaluation and research projects, ensuring the student voice is at the heart of our school. Today, joining us, we have Chloe Normanton studying primary education for years three to seven with QTS and Madia Khan studying primary education years five to 11 QTS. Okay, good morning and welcome. Morning. Morning. That first day when you joined, what were the memories you have? What was it like to experience? Can you talk us through that first day and how it felt? So I felt really nervous, but I was also very happy towards the end of the day. And that was purely because of how welcoming the School of Education was and how supportive they were. Because on my first day, I was running late and I walked into a lecture full of people and I was like, oh my God, what is going on? But like I said, they were very welcoming and they were very, really positive towards everything that was going on. I'm studying the three to seven course. The first day, fairly similar in the sense of you kind of, you walk into this big lecture theatre for your first lecture to get to know everybody to get to meet the other people in your course your lecturers and you're walking in you know on your own not really knowing anyone it's really scary I lived on campus in my first year so there was quite a few of us who did kind of walk over together and sit in the first seminar which was obviously really nice but you quickly get to know everybody on your course yeah our course is quite small so there was only about 40 people in the first year so like I said very quickly you got to know everybody who you're going to be studying with for the next three years I think a positive on the first day was that the academics had done quite a few icebreakers between us as well. So we were able to get to know our peers. I didn't know anyone when I first started. So I walked in and I was like, oh, who are these people? The academics were part of in the fact that you didn't know many people. So they did support us into that transition of beginning university life. You're at the Headingley campus, so what are the buildings and the facilities like? Where is it that you spend most of your time? I spend most of my time in the Carnegie Hall and that's where mainly most of my seminars take place. But I also have a few seminars in the Carnegie Teaching Education Building and that building's really good because it's set out like a classroom, like a primary school classroom, 
and they've got displays up of science, for example, or displays of maths, and you're able to mimic a primary school classroom into your university life, so you're able to understand how you would teach, in a sense. My lectures take place in the James Graham building, because that's where the lecture halls are, and we mean in the 5 to 11 course, you do mainly have more seminars than lectures, so that's where most of your lecture seminars are. How often will you be in? What's the kind of average week that you're having so far in your first year? I'm normally in about four to five times a week. Some days it is like, say, 10 to 4, but some days it's only you have to be in for a couple of hours. And I think the mixture of hours is really good because you don't want to have every day a long day, especially if you're travelling, it tires you out. They're quite good in that. They'll try and sort your timetable out so you're not in every single day, that you will have some time for independent study. For your course. And Chloe, what about yourself? So I think that in terms of a timetable, both the three to seven and five to eleven courses are quite similar. Again, we're in about four days a week on average, but one day might be all day, but then another day you might just have one lecture for an hour. I quite liked how it wasn't the same every week. So some courses yeah. have the same lecture or seminar at ten till two every Tuesday every week. Whereas I think our course is, it's different each week. Um, some people like it, some people don't. I quite liked it because I had to work part time. So if for those students who do work, it's really easy, you know, to pick up part time work and organise things last minute as well, which is really good. What about the kind of the facilities and the resources you can use? So if you're not in, say, it might be one day that you're not in, are you still expected to be doing independent study? Where do you access most of those resources? You might be given like some reading from a seminar that would be like really useful if you read up on that and researched it for then your future assignments. So obviously we've got the huge library in James Graham. You've got the kind of downstairs area where you can kind of sit in groups, have a chat. Upstairs is where they've got all like the thousands of books. They've got group study rooms as well and silent study areas. I, I probably wouldn't work very well if I've got loads of people talking around me. So I would have gone and sat in like silent study areas. We've also got in the library like like a children's library as well, which is separate from the rest of it. So the great thing about that is you can sit in there anytime you want. You can take the, those books out as well to use on placement in the classroom when you're teaching as well. In the teacher education building, they've got mock classrooms. So say you wanted to like act as if you were teaching science or you had a science-based subject seminar, you might do it in there. Same with math and English. They've got a like a DT room as well, which is exactly like what you've had in, you would have had in high school with all your woodwork benches and chairs, all your tools, which is quite nice as well for practicing getting used to teaching. So you are training for this position. It's not just the academic yeah. side. So when you're looking at the kind of relationship that you have with your lecturers as well, because obviously the lecturers, you may have three or four different lecturers per year, depending on the modules you'll take. But how have you found the relationship with the lecturers? Really lovely that it's it's pretty chilled out. So you kind of go from high school or college, even calling your teachers sir or miss. And when you get to university, you know, it's, it's a first name basis. And it's they talk to you like you're all colleagues, not they're the teacher and you're the student so you know they treat you like adults obviously of course you're adults but they don't they have that level of respect for you when they're talking to you that they do when they talk to each other in the staff room or in their office which is lovely um you can contact them any time of day as well you know you've always got their email they're really good at emailing quite fast you're not having to wait a week for an email like just little things like that really helpful I found that the lecturers at university were really friendly. 
I was able to get along with them quite well and it was a first name basis so don't start calling them miss like I did because it's quite embarrassing <laughs> but yeah they're super chilled out and if you're needing some advice or support on an assignment they'll be more than happy to take you in and help you with your assignment and support you with anything that you need. So have there been any particular lecturers that you've had more often or those that you've kind of got on really well with or those that have really kind of excelled and gone above and beyond to help you? I think it does vary so on our course I think there's maybe about four or five lecturing members of staff and it varies each year how often you have some so say in first year we had two or three of them all the time and then the others maybe once a week and then in third year we have the others the opposite amount of time but it's nice that you know you have the same members of staff tutoring your lectures the three years that you're at your university so each year you're not having to get a new group of staff or anything like that so when we said about getting to know each other really well by third year you know it's really chilled out and relaxed comfortable atmosphere now I felt like my level leader was amazing this year I felt like she went above and beyond for us especially during lockdown she was constantly emailing us like asking us if we're okay and if we're able to like email her back to just tell her how we're feeling and if we were worried about lockdown or if we were worried about assignments during lockdown to just be sure to know that she is there for us so yeah I felt like she has done quite a bit for us this year it's nice to know that there's someone there to stand in our corner and like support us and know that we great to know but alongside the lecturing staff you have a lot of support members of staff who work within the school as well so have there been any particular support members of staff that have really helped you out uh, along with like uh, additional support or placements so for me personally I think the most helpful people we've had through the three years of me being at university is the placement office so any issues with placement they are the people you go to and they will sort it out which is also really great because Sometimes I think you, when you you tell people you're going to go and study teacher training at university, you might hear horror stories of people going on really bad placements and things like that. Whereas, you know, the, the placement office will help you. You know, if you're worried about something at school and you're not really sure whether it's right, whether it's wrong, they're there to help you. When you get told where you're going as well, they'll support you with finding out how to get there so whether you drive they'll find you the best route or if you get the bus they'll tell you, you know the cheapest tickets to get things like that which is definitely really nice to have that support where so like I moved to Leeds I'm not from Leeds so I was again moving to a new city to then be told a few months after being at university you've got to find your own way to this school that you've never heard of and never been to it's really nice that they'll literally sit with you show you on the computer print it off the best way and cheapest way for you to get there added on to that I feel like they take in regards to your criteria so as a commuting student I wanted to be based where I live and they were able to find schools near me I think like Chloe said some people tell them tell you horror stories about the placements but they will try and ensure that they don't put you into a poor school they'll put you into where their Ofsted is quite good so you know that you'll be looked after and they'll ensure that your link tutors constantly coming to see you and emailing you to ensure that you're okay so they will tell you about which tickets to buy which are cheaper so for example like the metro card they'll tell you which one to buy that they'll cut costs on you and they'll also tell you which other students are going down to that school 
so you can travel along together and yeah so you can share petrol and get the journey down there instead of getting the bus or the train so that's always a bonus. And then looking at uh, all the work that you've done already so you've had a good experience already of the, the lectures the seminars but how has that been uh, since lockdown? So when you're looking at any final assessments or lectures or contact with tutors uh, since March, how have you found that and what kind of support has been there for you? Uh, having one assignment left during lockdown, I found it quite challenging at the beginning. I, was, uh, I didn't know how I would handle it without the support of the library staff. But then we were reassured by our level leader and our module leader. And we also got an email from the library to say that we are here to help. And you can email us or you can go onto the facilities on the Leeds Beckett website. That's great to hear. What about you, Chloe? How's things been? Yeah, so I guess we were fairly lucky in the sense of once lockdown happened and sort of the university obviously had to close all the buildings, so everything moved online. We had our dissertation and maybe one or two other assignments. It did vary for each individual. They brought in the like four week extensions for all the students but you had the option of you know if you still felt ready to submit your assignment for the original deadline you could do that and then you could take the four weeks if you needed and they've also looked at like mitigation because of course everyone's in different very very different circumstances at the moment so if you need to make use of that they're now looking at things like that on an individual basis so I know people who receive support from that and it's re- it really helps them a lot we would meet with our dissertation tutors like once every few weeks or something. Meetings like that or with your personal tutors, they just got moved online. So we didn't, you know, you didn't receive anything less than you would have physically in university. It was just virtual. Have there been any kind of events where you actually get to, to do events as a whole school? So before lockdown happened, we have the pastoral team. So again, that's another sort of support network, which are who, people who are really great across the School of Education. So they might have done a few things like a coffee afternoon or I think they did a tea and cake morning with the dean, which was really nice. And you can go to that whether you're on primary education, childhood studies, whatever course you are, you can go to that. And it's kind of nice to have that support network of other students who you might not be doing the same course, but obviously it's in the same school. So you might have fairly similar topics and things to talk about. One of the ladies in the pastoral team, she does, I think once a month, like well-being hour in the afternoon. So you'll just go do a bit of like exercise. Again, just have a chat about anything that's making you anxious or worried. So really great support. Been a good bit of work done from their own research by Professor Jonathan Glazard, looking into mental health in schools and making sure that students are well looked after. And it's actually the front and centre of people and their minds when they're putting these sessions together and they're looking at the education. So have you found that's been quite prevalent in a lot of your lectures and what you you do as part of your planning? Yeah, I feel like the, there is a lot of support for mental health. I think as someone who's just entering university, there might be that anxiousness of or am I going to make friends or am I going to get along with my lecturers? So I think what the pastoral team does is ease you into the transition of entering university so it's not as daunting as it seems. And they will have that support available for you to email or do a video call with them. So I understand it's quite a varied mix of assessments that you might take as part of your your course. So what have your assessments been so far and how have you found them? So for me, the big thing about the School of Education, definitely on the primary education courses, and I think it is consistent throughout the School of Education, is the fact that there's no exams. So for me, coming to university, that was like the biggest thing. For one, this course and two, Leeds Beckett. So I think 
the same course at other universities that might have exams. So it is mainly like assignment essay based assessments in terms of the academic work. So like I said, assignments, essays, sometimes you might do like a poster or a group presentation. Of course, you get assessed in your teaching practice as well. So that's kind of separate from your academic work. So all your academic work contributes to your final degree classification. But your placement grade is separate. But again, that's something you have to pass and you have to do. And obviously in your final year, you've got your dissertation as well, which we've recently submitted, thank goodness. I 100% agree with Chloe. I am so glad that there are no exams. I just feel exams are not the best way to prove what you know. I feel like through the mixture of assignments, coursework and being on placement just helps you show what you are capable of. I think the first year and I think throughout second and third year it's not just writing up an essay, it's you can do a group presentation or like a poster for example or for in my one of my modules we did a creative arts exhibition so we were making costumes and we were doing making lesson plans based on the different creative art subjects so it's not all writing so they do try to play to your strengths which is really good. I suppose it's quite important for someone who's training to deliver in person in front of 30 sets of eyes and ears you need to develop that confidence uh, in your presentation style as well. So have you found quite a lot of uh, skill sets kind of developing within your presentation styles? For sure I mean for me personally the idea of standing in front of 30 children who are four years old doesn't faze me a bit but if you ask me to stand in front of my cohort in a lecture theatre I would just refuse it's two totally different things but looking at say the standard of a presentation you did in first year to a presentation you did in third year like you do develop that for me personally it's something I'm never going to be amazing at but you do develop that self-confidence and yeah. little things like you, your hands aren't shaking as much or it flows more with what you're saying. So actual professional skills like that, it does help you to develop better. Yeah, and I think it's very beneficial for us to have presentations during our journey at university because once you get your job, you're not going to get thrown into the deep end of, oh, go and deliver a presentation now to a set of kids but you've already had that experience at university so you're able to build that confidence within yourself and you're able to build that public speaking in a sense even though it is to children they're still going to be looking at your every move so you have to make sure that you do know what you're saying so I think the Carnegie School of Education has done that perfectly where they haven't just given us an assignment they've given us a presentation instead and the giving us transferable skills which will be useful in the future. Maddie, you're finishing up your first year, going into your second year. Are there any particular modules that you're looking to focus more on as you go through or what does the next year kind of look for you in your course? Um, the next year for me is focusing basically on my specialism which is going to be English and I'm really excited for that. It's something which I've always liked. The fact that I'm going to be specialising it just makes it even more special in a sense. So yeah, that's going to be my next step, doing the rest of the modules and hopefully getting into third year and being as amazing as Chloe. Chloe, as you say, you've just graduated. The next steps for you, I believe you're you're now looking at joining your first school. So I'm currently doing all like meetings with my new class, which is absolutely amazing. I guess the only part of university I've kind of got left. So we're just waiting. We've got all our grades and feedback back now. And then I think at the end of July, we'll get our final degree classification as such and then hopefully in the near future I might have a graduation so that would be really lovely as well. For that first year as well that you're teaching it's your NQT year 
So yeah. can you tell people about what that means and how you, you navigate that NQT year? So even though you've just done your teacher training for third year, you've kind of got another year to do. So that's your NQT year. You'll do that once you've secured your first teaching job. And that's kind of a probationary year, but you've got the job. So it's not like a fourth year at uni. You know, you can relax. You've got your job. but you, So you'll have an NQT mentor. So I've met mine a few times. She's absolutely lovely. I can't wait to start teaching and actually be in school properly so I can only obviously with what's going on with lockdown and things like that I can only be in school in limited amounts so your NQT year is just maybe you might have that extra few observations than you would as a normal teacher and it just means that you've probably got that extra bit of support which you will need and it's kind of setting the foundation for you to be I guess the best teacher you can be which is really lovely and exciting so when you graduate or you finish your third year you've got five years to do your NQT year in. So say somebody maybe wanted to go travelling or just take a year out from teaching before they settle down in that career. If they're not ready to settle down yet, because some people are, and that's absolutely fine, they might do it a year or two later. But you've got a five-year gap to do that in, which is really great. Because obviously some people have really different circumstances. Some people might start a family, things like that. It's a bit of an open option for you, which is really great as well. If you could give yourself one piece of advice before you started this journey, what would that be? Teaching is sort of like a marathon. It's not a sprint. And there is going to be like obstacles in the way, which I found there is that like don't predict that it's going to be as easy what you think it is. Like, oh, I'm going to uni, finish my assignments. It's end of. There will be a few mishaps along the way and that's perfectly fine and it's it's just about accepting that solving that and moving on accepting the help and support that you get and um yeah you'll be fine and you'll be okay guys it's not the easiest thing in the world you may not be yeah. perfect but there's plenty of support and you will yeah. get through it and the support at Leeds Becker is amazing the pastoral team are always willing to help and especially even you might not see that your academics are not there for you but they are you just need to approach them or email them and They'd be willing to give you the extra support and help you need. So don't be scared. Thank you. And Chloe, what advice would you give? So I'd say before you come to uni, definitely do the research on yep. your course. So perhaps what modules you're going to be studying. A lot of universities maybe have like the online prospectus or it'll say on their webpage what modules you are doing. So if you wanted to, you could do a bit of base research. So especially for teaching, some people come from A levels. So I did a vocational course, so I did like the level three and early years education. So people will have different knowledge. So it's definitely worth reading up on things that you might not have as much knowledge about. For me, because I didn't do A levels, my level of academic writing maybe wasn't the same standard as somebody who had done A levels. But again, when you come to university, there is support for that, like skills for learning assessing yourself maybe before you come to university understanding that when you come to university you know what you're going to need support with and that it is going to be different to other people you meet because everyone's different so I guess another bit of advice maybe definitely make use of every single placement so I think in my first year you know I went there to teach and I thought right I'll go there do my little bit of teaching be with the children and then I come home and like that's it but by second year I've realized there's so much more to it so making the effort to support an, an after-school club, things like that, asking teachers questions. So obviously in third year, when you're applying for jobs and things like that, you do get support from university. But I felt the most support I had in terms of applying for jobs actually came from the teachers that I'd worked with 
in schools so definitely you know making good contacts as well from day one in your first placement you never know where you're going to find a job apply for a job and you never know who's going to know who so even from first time you go on placement it's great to sort of almost build up your contacts effectively and always you know if you've really enjoyed a placement and really enjoyed that school try and stay in contact in some way because you never know what jobs might come up or when you're schools ask for references if you've got great contact you're never going to be short of a decent reference which is amazing for jobs a good reference is probably more important than ever Maddie what about yourself any other advice you'd want to give students that are joining us I think what I'd say is a lot of people assume that first year like it's easy and to some people it is don't get me wrong but don't get into bad habits of not prioritising your learning and attending late to placement and not giving a care in the world because once you get into second year you'll have these habits and it's not enough time to change your habits around and it's always about prioritising your education first and obviously no one's saying don't have fun but have your fun but also make sure you're doing your assignments once you've been given them and like keeping on top of reading I think reading is so essential like for your assignments. Thank you very much Madia good luck going into your second year and good luck with your modules in the English specialism and Chloe good luck with your position and your NQT year. Congratulations on getting that and wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Be Beckett Ready. We do hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you would like to find out more, including upcoming dates for our open days, please check our website leadsbeckett.ac.uk or follow the link in the description.